It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. And of course, I needed popcorn for this morning's discussion. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, the Progressive Professionals Forum um, has labeled the attack on SARS Commissioner uh, Tom Moyane as a well-calculated effort by the media to drive South Africa towards junk status and many other allegations have also been made and what this does is places the media amongst other institutions under scrutiny and this morning we are discussing this as well as other issues with uh, Mzwanele Manye who joins us in studio this morning to unpack for us uh, some of his gripes with what is going on in the country and the role that the media plays in all of this. Thank you so much for coming through. Good morning, uh, Sakina, and good morning to your uh, listeners. And we also have joining us uh, from Cape Town, uh, the editor of News 24, Adrian Basson. Thanks for your time this morning, Adrian. Okay, um, I'm not sure whether, um, you know, uh, Adrian is there, just lost in the system, or what exactly is going on, but uh, I'm sure he will join us shortly. So um, let me kick off uh, by just asking, with regard to this assertion that the media is orchestrating a well-calculated effort to drive the country to junk status. What informs that? Yeah, look, I think uh, we're very disappointed uh, with the uh, media stance, which is uh, largely oppositionist, uh, not only oppositionist, uh, totally unpatriotic, and also, as we said, uh, uh, aimed at uh, 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 proving a point that uh, President Zuma is not competent, and all the people that is appointing are not competent and therefore doing everything they can to make sure that that narrative wins the day. Here we have a, a man uh, with an M in uh, economics that has been doing a great job at SARS, uh, the very first African uh, to ensure that uh, SARS collects no less than a trillion rand in this uh, past financial year. And instead of celebrating such a man, the media is going out of its way. Uh, to uh, uh, to vilify this man, uh, not only did he save, uh, uh, did, did he collect a trillion rand? He also has been putting very good operating models at SARS uh, that have saved SARS uh, some 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 twelve billion uh, and, and so on. So so here is a man who is so competent, qualified, and all, uh, and the media all they are doing, uh, they are they're just uh, 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 pushing the man down. I mean, you look now. I mean, I mean, I mean. You look now with the 3.3 growth that we've just had. Media was surprised. I mean, I could see the comments uh, that when they were busy fighting, trying to talk the country down, but the country was rising. Uh, we had a 3.3 percent growth in this past uh, quarter, and it took everybody by surprise because media had put into South Africa, put into the world that South Africa is going down the drain. South Africa is bad. And all of this, and everybody that had anything to do with the regime change, they would give huge publicity. Everybody that's got to do with the Zuma must fall, they give huge publicity. Everything that is just negative, the media seems to be uh, feasting on this. And we think uh, uh, that uh, media must uh, stop this uh, nonsense, actually. Adrian, what's your response to that? Uh, Good morning, Sakina. Good morning, Zwanele. Sakina, I think, unfortunately, this is a classic case of shooting the messenger. Um, the media, the media has, been, has been doing its job um, as watchdogs of society. Um, since the appointment of uh, Mr. Tom Moyane in 2014, um, he made some very big changes. He would be the first to admit 
um, that he brought in a a a, a big change um, at the source when he joined the the organisation, um, and we reported on this. Um, almost the entire investigative capacity of SARS has been has been destroyed under his tenure in, in less than two years. Um, all the top investigative units um, have, has, has been disbanded. Um, heads of those units, um, not only the so-called drug unit, but also other units, including the anti-corruption unit that was left by a gentleman called Clifford Collings, as well as uh, Jean Ravelle, who was head of internal investigations, has left SARS. Uh, the taxman is now <clears throat> left with very little investigative capacity. Um, at the end of the day, only the criminals and the tax dodgers are celebrating what's happened at SARS. And uh, there's no disputing that SARS continues, obviously, to collect taxes, but that is really shifting the goalpost. Nobody is saying that SARS stopped to collect taxes under Tomiyani. Nobody is disputing his qualifications. And uh, what we are investigating, what we are probing, and what we are reporting on um, is, is really the effect and the impact of the so-called restructuring of SARS that happened under Tomoyane. So let um, me ask... It's important that the public knows these things and that the public understands the extent to which SARS has been, has been, has been purged under him. So yep. to both of you, to both of you, <coughs> what do you believe the SARS issue, the saga around SARS is really about? Uh, uh, for, for me, I think here's the issue. We have a rogue unit, not a so-called, a rogue unit that was there in SARS. You can't say something is disbanded and you still call it so-called as if it was not there when it was actually there. And we've got these various advices uh, that come from this retired judge, uh, uh, Yakub, which are totally out of order. And I'm quite happy that another judge, a very sober judge, Judge Kron, had come up with a very solid position where Judge Kron says SARS never had, doesn't have, statutory authority uh, to covertly collect evidence the way this rogue unit has been doing. So therefore, the headlines should be so celebrate Moyane for disbanding this rogue unit. But it's not about that. People are saying, you see now this narrative that, uh, let's just wait, mm-hmm. listen to this narrative from Adrian. He is saying, now that this illegal unit, this rogue unit has been disbanded. He's got a problem with this. He's now saying people are going to be celebrating and everything is going to be... So in other words, he is castigating this good work of uh, disrupting and dismantling this illegal activity. So in other words, Adrian is for illegal activity. Adrian is for this rogue narrative. I mean, how can we have a situation like this? And this sets the tone for what, how the media operates, because that is his line. His line is that Moyane is now letting crooks run free, and yet in this country we've got all kinds of agencies that deal with these things. And what you are saying uh, for us as Progressive Professors Forum is that let's respect all the Chapter 9 institutions, let's respect all the law agencies. If there's any criminal activity, SARS must report the criminal activity to the respective uh, authority. SARS can't be a a a a a can't use app and, and and start to have intelligence services. That's absolutely wrong. I come back to my question to both of you. What is the saga really about? Sakina, if I can just come in there, I think. <coughs> excuse me. I think the on a macro political level, it's very clear that there is an attack on Pravin Gordon, the finance minister, by some forces within government and and elsewhere. Um, and this is really, I think, about purging source of everyone who was linked to Pravin Gordon during his tenure as, as head of SARS. And SARS has been one of the ANC government's biggest successes. Uh, you remember that SARS 
um, was completely changed when the ANC took over power in 1994. Um, they brought in people like Provin Gordon, people like um, Opa Machshula, um, people like Ivan Pillay to take over the, the revenue collection. One of the big successes of, of that tenure was the introduction of e-filing. Um, an entire new department was established within SARS under Provin Gordon. Um, that brought in e-filing, <clears throat> and this contributed millions, not, if not billions more, of tax revenue to the taxman. And just again an example, one of the first things Tom Yanni did when he, when he came to SARS at the end of 2014, and these are facts, these are, these are not odd-round views, these are facts, was to disband uh, and, and to get rid of the people who started e-filing, a guy called Barry Hall and, and his deputy, Jerome Frey, who were, who were the head of that unit that were running e-filing. So, um, unfortunately, you know, from everything we've seen, from all the facts at our disposal, from a complete lack of proof that this unit was indeed rogue, and what, what uh, Zornele is quoting there are reports um, which have been discredited by people like Marvin Gordon, who never had the opportunity to give their side of the view. Um, that has been stated under us in court papers. Those cases are before the courts. In fact, SARS um, was a number of these so-called drug members, SARS so, so settled with them, paid them out golden handshakes to leave. They were not fired, they were not charged. In fact, they still have not been formally charged by the Hawks. So I think at the end of the day, this, this looks like an attack on Praveen Gordon. This plays into the whole issue of state capture. Um, it unfortunately seems as if SARS and Treasury are in the way of certain people who would like their way, who would like to, to, to have access to, to government funding and who would like access to serious state institutions. Um, the, the, just take the cigarette projects as one. SARS was, was on the brink of, of exposing massive, massive collusion, massive fraud, massive <coughs> underhandedness in the, in the entire um, cigarette industry. And that, that, that investigation is now gone because mm. of the disbandment of this unit. And just a last point, this whole issue of the rogue unit, Zornelli um, should really go and read that, this book that's been published by Van Lachenberg. And I know it's he will say, well, it's obviously from Lachenberg's version, but it's important to read that version and to understand that because that whole issue of the rogue unit was created by false media reports in the Sunday Times that, that spoke about things like that didn't exist, things like a brothel that SARS ran that never existed. The now, Sunday Times uh, yeah. apologize for all <clears throat> the coverage of those issues. Speaking about, um, now, can you, Adrian, with absolute certainty and confidence, say that no sections of the media or journalists are taking sides in this matter, number one. And number two, are you sure that there are no journalists who are playing an active role in this SAR saga? No, I can never say that. I can never say that because I don't know that. I simply don't know that. I'm just the editor of one title, and it's unfair to speak of the media as one. There are different pockets of media in the country. There's a media house owned by the Krupta family. There's a state broadcaster. There's private media. So it's different in, in, a, in a big diversity of media in this country. And we certainly aren't all reporting the same narrative. But it's just completely untrue. Um, <clears throat> but I, w- I won't say that. We all obviously get fed information. We must all continuously challenge our sources and ask them what their agendas mm-hmm. are. Um, my, my rule of thumb and, and what I always tell my reporters is really just to look at the facts. That's much more important than any kind of agenda. Try to get the paper trail. Try to find out what happened. Try to figure out why Jonas Makwakwa, um, the deputy head of SARS, was apparently accepting cash money. Um, that was reported to Tomoyan in May already, and why nothing had happened. Those are the kind of questions we should be asking. 
Um, but but definitely, um, there are a lot of people walking around trying to, to influence debate. And, and it's up to us as journalists to always question those agendas and to ask for proof. You know, the, the interesting thing here is <coughs> that, uh, is that uh, if Adrian says all of this is just a mirage, there's no such a thing. And I know about the Van Dogen book who is trying to cleanse their operations uh, in, the, in, in SARS. So I don't take that book seriously. Uh, I think the, 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 the interesting thing is that a retired judge, constitutional judge, is on record saying he actually advised that uh, this must happen, this is not illegal and all of that. He's on record saying that. Now, for Adrian to come around here and say the minister has got an affidavit to say there was no such a thing, it's quite an interesting thing that I think we need to follow. That's the one thing. But to get back to your question of what exactly is, uh, is the issue here, what exactly is the agenda, I think, I think the agenda here is that President Zuma has decided that uh, he wants to drive transformation like we've been asking for. You must remember that uh, in the, even, even with the ANC resolutions uh, that uh, we have to have radical transformation. So President Zuma is actually sticking to the mission, uh, to the mandate that he was given. And part of that radical transformation was to also issue of dealing with uh, white monopoly capital, uh, as it were. Those part of the resolutions of the African National Congress. So he mm. needs to deal with that. And part, part, what, what, what I found very, uh, uh, as, a, uh, as a milestone, like last night, for instance, as part of this, President Zuma announced last night that uh, the triple PFA, something we've been complaining about all this time, is going to be uh, repealed, uh, as it were. So as early as next year, we're going to have a new uh, procurement policy, uh, as, as it were. Now, what is the issue here? The issue is that that triple PFA has been the preserve of the white monopoly capital, has been the piece of legislation that has been ensuring that black people get legally marginalized as it were. And there are a few other pieces of legislation that we'll be raising that are actually doing this. So the president is, is doing what he can to ensure that uh, the economy of this country is shared. Now these people are all fighting back. They do not want to share the economy of this country with everyone else. This is what this is about. You know, mm. these, these rogue units, part of what Adrian does not say, is that part of these uh, rogue units, they were, they were cutting deals with some of these uh, uh, big companies. They were, cu- they were cutting deals, all kinds of uh, uh, tax issues and so on. Uh, all of this is in the public domain, by the way. Uh, the deals that these people have been cutting and, and, and all of this. And also all kinds of activities to close down other companies in favor of other companies. And all this nonsense that this, uh, this uh, uh, corrupt unit uh, was doing. And Tomoyane comes and demolishes that. And Adrian comes here and plays Angel and say this has been a very good unit. Has been there's there hasn't been such a unit. There's an affidavit mm-hmm. to that. And yet we've got Judge Jacob saying he advised that this must happen. Is this is perfectly normal? I'm going to come to the Jacob issue uh, in a moment, Justice Jacob. But why have you made it your personal mission, seemingly, to protect President Jacob Zuma from what you've just said? No. Are you not opening yourself up to accusations of self-interest and feeding in? to uh, the factionalist battles uh, con- uh, yeah. that are raging within uh, the I'm alliance. Glad, I'm glad you raised this. I think uh, uh, it's important for people to understand what we mean by democracy. And for members of the ANC in particular, uh, the, it's important for members of the ANC in particular to understand what is meant by uh, democratic centralism. Uh, <clears throat> what that is, is that uh, uh, if you go to the elections, 
and your side, uh, whoever you wanted to be the leader, uh, didn't get it, and somebody else got it. Democratic centralism says you must support the one that uh, is, uh, is, is, is a popular, the, you must support the popular position and support it as if it was your own position. That's what it should be. We cannot have a situation where we go through a democratic process and a leader is elected and then uh, midstream you have people that are not going to use constitutional processes to undermine that leadership. So for me, I, um, I, would, I would continue. I'm, I'm, I, 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 it's not a secret that I'm a card-carrying member of the African National Congress. I voted for the leadership that includes President Zuma. President Zuma is an integral part of the African National Congress. You cannot unscramble him. So I support him, no, no questions about that. I support him on the basis of him being the uh, president of the ANC, elected democratically. 75% of the branches of the ANC voted for President Zuma. 2014, 62% of South Africa voted for a, a, a President Zuma-led uh, South Africa. So what's the problem? We cannot have a situation where we have uh, 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 small sections of uh, disgruntled people that do not respect democracy, uh, some dis- disgruntled groupings or some groupings that don't want to accept defeat, you know, all these factionalists uh, that uh, are going to undermine a democratic elected person. I think that is out of order. And I think it is important to understand that there is no <coughs> Zuma faction. President Zuma is not in a faction. He's in the elected structure. The faction is everyone else. Everyone else is a faction because these are the people that are not actually elected but want to pretend to be uh, uh, the popular people for the... Uh, Including yourself? What, what? What? Me? I am just, a, just an ordinary member. I'm an ordinary member. I'm not serving in any government structure. So, in fact, I heard people, some people talk about patronage, self-interest. I want to know what is self-interest. First of all, I am just an ordinary member. I'm not even a branch chairperson uh, in, the, uh, in the structures of the ANC. I don't serve on any board uh, of, of anything in this country. I'm not in any shape or form associated with government. So this patronage nonsense that people talk about, I don't know where that comes from. People say it's patronage, but where, where is this patronage? Just tell me what is, who's giving me. I've got, I don't sit here with any government, anything. I don't have a tender. My wife hasn't got a tender. My children don't have tenders. Nothing. We've got no, we're just pushing a principle. And I think this actually exposes how other people operate. That if you operate on patronage, don't think that everybody else operates on patronage. Well, I just want to remind our listeners that uh, the lines are open, but of course, coming from a different studio this morning. So the number is 0891-104-209, not 208 this morning, it's 209. Um, Adia, let me give you an uh, opportunity before I bring the listeners in uh, to respond. I think it's also important for Ms. Ronella to declare, as far as I understand, he is a paid um, advisor to the Minister. No, long resigned. I long resigned. Long resigned. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, 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 you know, you know what, what, what disturbs me about Nadele's uh, comment is very emotive. It, it talks about, you know, transformation of the economy and giving black people a chance. This is the same president, with all respect, who fired Nsansa uh, Nene, the first African Minister of Finance, in 9 December last year. Um, a move that caused massive, massive consequences, also for black businesses in this country. I know of black businesses who had to close down and lost work, who have still not recovered, listed companies who have still not recovered from... Um, I think it is about 500 billion value that was swapped off the market with one political decision. So I'm not sure how that contributed to economic transformation with all respect. And to say things like, you know, to try and set up SARS as somehow protecting white capital, I mean, that's just plainly untrue. Um, I, I wish 
examples could be put forward. You know, very gra- uh, grand claims are being made of white companies that's been protected by SARS. Where are those names? Where are those examples? Where are those papers? That's what I'm interested in. If, if Nzwanele and, and others can bring us that proof, of course we will be the first to publish that, but it plainly doesn't exist things like that at the moment. What we do know is that that unit, that investigations unit, was on the brink of exposing massive collusion in the cigarette industry, including from British-American tobacco. So the question has to be asked, why was the unit closed down? Why was that investigation stopped? Um, wasn't there other agendas at play that we don't even know about at this stage? Um, and also, you know, to say that Tomoyani was the first African head of SARS is just plainly factually untrue. To collect Thomas a trillion rand, no? Finish a sentence to collect what, a trillion rand. That was a full yes. sentence. But That's I mean, exactly what you guys do. You see, you take, you take half the sentence, you take half the sentence true. and you run it's with it. He, he, he's trying to make this a thing about emotive and, and he's not looking to the facts. So again, I think we should look at the facts here of what has happened since 9 December last year, since the appointment of Tomoyani at SARS. Um, Sakina, the last number I heard was about 60, 60 senior managers that has left SARS since Moyani came in. Now, if that had to happen in any, any big private company or institution, um, there would have been an inquiry into why this happened. What is the CEO doing? Why, why are so many people leaving? Um, that's not what we're seeing at SARS. Um, we know that the relationship between Pravin Gordon and Moyani are very strained, um, that Gordon was not happy at all with Moyani's appointment and what he's been doing at SARS. Um, what, why has the president allowed this to continue? So those questions keep on existing. I think it's good that the media keeps on asking those questions. Um, we shouldn't let go. Um, state capture is a real thing. There are proof in the public domain about the influence of the Gupta family in a number of state-owned enterprises. Also other companies who have tried to capture, for example, the criminal justice sector with big tenders that, that, that are supposed to link all these all these uh, departments. So we are just really just trying to do our jobs as media. In fact, I think the government is, is getting a soft ride from us sometimes because with what's happened in the media industry, our newsrooms are getting smaller, and I think we should actually be doing much better than we are doing. Well, we need to go to a news break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. And, of course, we'll take your calls on 0891-104-209. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. Well, this morning on the Forum at 8, we're discussing uh, the role of the media in a democratic South Africa. The Progressive Professionals Forum, Mzwanele uh, Mani, um, has labelled uh, the attack on SARS Commissioner, for one, as a well-calculated effort by the media to drive South Africa into junk status, and telling us this morning that the stance of the media seems to be oppositionist at best. So, um, Adrian Basson, of course, uh, editor of News24, also joins us in the discussion this morning, talking about uh, the importance of the media and uh, saying at times the media actually uh, does let off some of our elected representatives quite easily. So what are your views on this? 0891-104-209 is the number to call this morning. You can still SMS us on 34701. Tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM and please use the hashtag AM Live. Uh, let me just give you a quick response. You wanted to respond yeah, to yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Adrian before we take the callers. Yeah. I think uh, a, a, a very quick one. Firstly, I want to reiterate, uh, because I see that this point irks uh, uh, Adrian. I want to reiterate, Tom Moyani is indeed the first ever African to raise a trillion rand for SARS. This is historical, never been done before. 
uh, let that sink, uh, Adrian. Number one. Number two, if 60 managers have left, and as a result of them having left, you end up with an operating model that yields 12 billion f- uh, to the public fiscals, you end up with a trillion rand correction, then most likely it was good riddance. Thirdly, I think the issue, uh, again, we need to get back to the issue of him saying uh, uh, Provin Godan has uh, signed an affidavit and all that to say there was no such a thing, yet Yakub is... Uh, is, is saying he advised him to do this. It's a, it's a serious issue that must be followed up. And also the issue of a conflict of interest of Yakub, because in 2007, when this was starting, Yakub was still a sitting judge. What does it say to our judiciary? Uh, to our, uh, does this mean now that the DA, where they win all these cases because they first uh, talk to the judiciary first and, and come back or whatever? What does it say? In fact, I think... Uh, Yakub has actually put the judiciary into disrepute, but that is another matter. The issue of Nene, I think it is important for South Africa not to be to cherry pick. When we say we respect the constitution, we must also respect the fact that the president has got absolute power to appoint and to remove ministers without talking to anybody. There are no conditions set in the uh, constitution as to what needs to happen. There is no legislation that governs that. It's just the powers that the president is given. And when he exercises those powers, people must respect that. Why was why was Minister Nene then removed? Ask the president. He did explain. The president said he was going to the Briggs Bank, which was a lie. We know that was a lie. Look, I don't speak for the presidents. I'm just talking principle, and the principle is the president can he, can he, remove. Look, you know, we should stick to the facts here. I mean, the, again, you know, the issue of 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 um, Minister Gordon and the Hawks. Um, Jimmy and saying this is something new. I said this morning. It's not true. Um, if 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 Mzonelli followed the process um, with the Hawks, the Hawks wrote a letter to Praveen Gordon's lawyers, Minister Gordon's lawyers, a few weeks ago, in which they said he's going to be investigated. He's been investigated for a number of matters. So these matters are one: the establishment of this so-called rogue unit inside the SARS, and secondly, the paying of a pension to Ivan Pillay, who then came back as a consultant. Those are the matters now that that the Hawks are investigating. Very different from the matters that originally. Um, these guys were suspended for in source, people like uh, Pete Richard, Van Lochenberg, etc. Ravin Gordon then responded to the Hawks. He wrote a letter, he wrote two things to the Hawks. His, his attorneys firstly wrote a letter to the Hawks that's in the public domain, it was put out there by his attorneys, in which he disputed the legal basis of the charges against him. And secondly, he responded to the questions that they put to him um, in a statement signed by him, where he said, this unit was not rogue. It was not illegal. I got legal advice, and he didn't mention Judge Jakub. Judge Jakub then decided himself to mention it later on, and I'm sure that will still play out in, in the process as, as, it, as it unfolds. But Praveen Gordon put his version up there. He said, I had legal advice from inside. Um, I, I, got, I, I, I spoke to the Minister of Finance at the time, Trevor Manuel. Um, there's a document which Trevor Manuel and Jalbum would have kept the then Deputy Minister of Finance signed where they approved the establishment of an investigative capacity inside SARS because SARS at the time realized they just don't have, the, the capacity is not there in the police or in the Scorpions at the time to investigate all these very complicated matters. I'm talking about Dave King, I'm talking about Lolly Jackson, Glenn Agliotti, um, Radovan Kretscher, um, Cyril Beaker, very, very complicated matters of smuggling, of money laundering, of racketeering and tax evasion that lived inside source. 
So again, uh, giving the benefit of the doubt to, to Commissioner Mugliani, the interesting thing, and the thing that we're not going to see in Zonella, is the damage done by the disbandment of these units. We're not going to see that in the collection of taxes, unfortunately. Where are we going to see that? We're going to see that in the illicit economy growing. We're going to see that in, in illicit trading increasing, in, in the amount of contraband being smuggled over borders, those kind of things. So, so, so that's, again, where we should be watching. Um, we know that the investigative capacity in all our, our, our uh, uh, law enforcement units have unfortunately been diminished. Um, the, the Scorpions, the role that the Scorpions used to play no longer exists. And, and SARS has now also disbanded their investigative capacity. Like I said, not only the so-called drug unit, but also the anti-corruption unit run by Clifford Collins, and the internal investigative unit, um, other SARS investigative programs run by Gene Rovelli. They are all out. They're gone. Um, SARS cannot just be collecting taxes. They should also be investigating people who are not paying taxes. Um, you know, Sakina, when, when, when this unit was, when all these units were up and running, there were fascinating stories told of how SARS would have agents going around to casinos, for example, checking um, all the luxury cars, checking the owners, seeing if they were paying money. And that's how they got onto people like, like any Dalport who ran a, a massive air, 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 airplane company and he wasn't paying tax. And they managed to track them down. And um, we're just not hearing these stories anymore. I'm, I'm sorry to say, we, we, we unfortunately seem to have lost immense capacity of fighting fraud, corruption, um, and tax evasion inside these institutions. I think, in, in conclusion, in conclusion, Judge Kuron summed it all for us to say SARS did not, still does not have statutory authority to covertly gather this information. And therefore, that makes that act unlawful. That's the point. Secondly, Hawks have investigated and have submitted their investigation to the NPA. NPA is considering the matter. I do not have sources, so I'm not going to get here and get involved in intricate details. Uh, Adrian has got sources. I don't have sources. I work on public information. And as things stand right now, the NPA is dealing with the matter. And I think let's leave it until the NPA pronounces. I think I want to bring in listeners at this point. 891 Boneni, you're calling from Durban. Good morning to you. Uh, good, good morning, Fakina and Sandanani Mani uh, and to the other uh, studio guests. And thank you for taking my call. Uh, Sakina, I just want to make this declaration up front. I am a member of the professionals, uh, Progressive Professionals Forum. And I'm also a, a, a member of the ANC in good standing. I, I think I have a problem with what Ujini is, Umzwanele is saying. It, to me, it amounts to uh, like punching below the belt, really. To simply say the media in the country is unpatriotic and is anti-government and also anti-Zuma and is involved in tackling you know, regime change. And I think that, for me, it is too much. And it is not helping the cause and is not helping the nation to move forward. The issues regarding SARS and Tom Moyane, I really do not want to get involved deeply on it. But if it, if it is true, or let's say because we have heard it is true, we really need to celebrate excellence and good work, good work as well as we must also celebrate what uh, Upravin Kodane did when he was the co- uh, commission for SARS for, so, for, for many years. Because really we cannot take away the good work that Upravin Kodane did. So we must not be selective in celebrating you know, excellence. I think we need to be very, very objective. 
Then lastly, Sakina, lastly, uh, I really have a problem, you know, when when come to Jimmy, these issues around Roku uh, units within SARS are, are real, and he, he, he relies on the information uh, put forward by the retired Judge Kroon. Uh, and 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 rejects the one from retired judge Yakub, and I think what will help in this particular case because we it's already in the public domain that hawks are actually investigating that particular matter. Can't we just leave matters to hawks and see how far they can they go with their investigation? Because there, there is so many things that are being said in the media and also in the public space about the, this so-called local unit within SARS. Thank you very much. Thanks, um, Boneni. Uh, Simon in Krugersdorp, good morning to you. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to your guest. I just want to raise two things. Firstly, Sakina, Adrian and his forefathers must celebrate while it lasting their success of disuniting blacks in blacks getting what is supposed to be their immediate benefits in the wealth of this country. Because all what they've been able to do for the past 22 years is to create a picture that the black leadership is not able to deliver on anything. All the successes that this government has been able to do, they were able to take it down. They've never been able to profile any success, including the same democracy that this government delivered to them, that the freedom that they have today, they can speak rubbish about this government, and this government still allows in other countries. The countries do not allow any other rubbish speak about its own government, and the government acts on them. But because their forefathers have been able to put a, a proper plan for them, they are now enjoying on their forefathers. I'm saying to them, enjoy it while in class. We are going to be uniting as blacks, and you, will, you guys will never see it, that we have a, a gesture to continuously destroy our country in using the name of good governance. While good governance, when it matters to 2010, when construction companies failed our people, looted money, you guys have never even made a follow-up. Where is that money? When a people died in the bridge in Johannesburg, you guys never made a follow-up whether that tender was right. Had it been given to a black company, it was going to be an issue. Was it appointed right? Was it no, no relationship with the political leadership because all what you do is to check whether blacks are not related to each other. Let me tell you, Adrian, blacks are related to each other because we are all blacks. We share one common goal, and our goal is to transform this country, and we will not be apologetic. Okay. Anybody who do wrong, we will act on him. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. I'm not sure I follow all the way through in that argument, but uh, all the same. And Tutugo in Westville, what's your view? Thank you very much, Sakina. Good morning, and good morning to Mzanel and Agent. Uh, Sakina, there are two issues. Firstly, I think that Agent must address the following matters that have been raised by a senior black journalist in South Africa, which the media clique that he leads, reactionary media clique that he leads, has isolated Peter Ampede. One, that firstly, this fan, uh, 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 Logenberg, is his friend. And secondly, that uh, this Van Lockenberg, or part of the people that were giving them, they were part of his sources, and I know that you can't declare this publicly, but they were part of their sources in SARS, thirdly, that he 
gave money to the charity of this one, Lockenberg. And what was the reason for that? Those are the first things that I think you must address. But the second issue, yeah, that we are dealing with here, the issue here in South Africa is that we have got a national treasury that has decided, for instance, you have the governing party decide that you are going to implement free education, it's going to implement uh, NHI, and all these progressive policies in favor of our people. Then you have got a national treasury that is defending a neoliberal agenda. And whenever there is attempts to transform national treasury, you start to see a concerted effort by those who represent white monopoly capital in South Africa, including their clique in the media, trying to isolate those who are trying to do that transformation. Whether we may have whatever views about President Zuma, immediately when he tried to, to touch national treasury, there were serious attacks. The first person to call for President Zuma to go was Johan Rupert. Uh, you have seen CEOs of, of, of big banks, uh, you have seen fund, uh, you know, fund managers, we've seen the media going on a total onslaught to protect treasure. Why is there no journalist in South Africa that questions why, how Trevor Manuel, who used to be the Minister of, uh, of Finance in South Africa, has suddenly become the Deputy President of Rothschild Africa? There's nobody questioning that. Why is nobody questioning the relations of people who come out of Treasury and where they actually get located? Look at Maria Ramos. She's the CEO of APSA. But there's nobody who talks about state capture and looks at it from that angle. But whenever it has to do with people of dark skin, whether I don't, for example, support the Gupta family for whatever reason, but whenever it comes, and I would have preferred that we our government was empowering South African black African people to be the ones who start to work in terms of transforming the economy in South Africa, including opening a media house. But the ANN7 is ridiculed, the SABC is ridiculed because they provide a different and a much more nuanced picture of what is happening in South Africa because the media block, led by Adrian and his faction, are there to protect and defend white capital. Thank you. Well, mm. thank you. Luzugo says solid, uh, Simon must speak for himself. Some of us won't support corruption just because it's committed by black people. And then a few others also weighing in. Um, uh, Tammy says Simon has said a, ma- a mouthful there. Uh, started from people's forefathers uh, through to what is being related now. Ivan um, Mataela says Amani is hallucinating. Uh, Zuma this, Zuma that, uh, but not speaking for Zuma, that can't be true. Also, uh, who are you speaking for, Mr. Manye? Uh, if uh, are you speaking on behalf of uh, the organisation, or are these your personal views? Let's hear from Melville, and uh, then I'll give you an opportunity to respond after the spot break. Melville, good morning, everybody, and good morning to Mzwanele. Um I just like to uh, reflect on 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 what Mzwanele is saying about transformation. So it's very important um, in the sense that also corporate transformation is very slow. It's not happening, and I just I, I share the sentiment. Um, also, the fact that uh, President Zuma has repealed um, the PFA, so I think that's very good. It's a step in the right direction. I support uh, the the um, um, what what Nzwanela is saying, and I think uh, we just need to st- uh, you know strengthen ourselves, stand together, and look at how we transform uh, corporate as well. Corporate needs to transform and come to the party. Thank you. Thank you so much, Melville. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Well, welcome back. And fast running out of time, speaking to Mzwanele Manye, president of the Progressive uh, Professionals Forum, as well as editor of News24, Adrian Basson. Let me start with you, Mr. Manye. Um, are you speaking <coughs> in your personal capacity or as uh, the president of the 
Progressive Professionals Forum because Mboneni in Durban, who says he's a member of this organization, um, you are not speaking for him. Yeah, look, I think uh, this is uh, an issue of uh, a private communication issue or whatever you want to call it because uh, the I'm speaking here as president of Progressive Professionals Forum. We've issued a statement as an organization and we have, a, we have a principle in the PPF when we issue statements. We don't just issue statements. We circulate it amongst the national members of the, of the, uh, of the organization. So Zulia Zulu, who would be part of, who is leading a, a PPF in KZN, would know about this. So whether the communication between Zulia and his members, what happens there is another matter. Uh, but I, I think that aside, Mboneni is very incoherent. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a problem. You know, PPF is pretty much like this. It's a big church. We do get uh, some individuals that are totally incoherent. He, 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 he why is incoherent? Saying, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me, let me tell you why I'm saying he's totally incoherent. This man. Uh, he is saying that uh, he's saying that uh, I'm favoring. I'm taking uh, Kroon's side. Up. I'm taking. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing Kroon's side. Uh, retired Kroon's side on the issue of uh, um, uh, this rogue unit uh, versus uh, Yakub. Who's, who's saying, uh, yeah, he's, he's saying versus Yakub uh, 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 side. But what is the issue? The issue here is that Adrian has also confirmed that Moyane has disbanded this rogue unit. Now, how do you disband something that is not in existence? I mean, really, I mean, this is the incoherence. Now, when I'm saying that uh, this unit is unlawful, it's a unit that has been disbanded. No, why is why are we even arguing this? It's, this is an incoherence. He is saying when I'm saying that Kron uh, uh, has said the unit is unlawful, he says I'm I'm, I'm taking sides, uh, and yet Kron referenced this thing on the law. Kron has said there is no statutory authority that uh, authorizes uh, SARS to do this. Yakub has not said anything about which law uh, has done this. Uh, as it were, so 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 you get these uh, uh, ill-disciplined uh, people uh, uh, that uh, just want to come to the media. Why does that make him ill-disciplined? Is is Can't he can't he disagree with your view? <coughs> oh yeah, no no no. We of course we allow discipline. We allow uh, people to 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 disagree and so on. I think what he should have done. Uh, this man, uh, what he should have done firstly is first to pick up a call and call his provincial chairperson and say, Hey, Makeb, are you aware of this position? What is the situation? Give me the context. Then you'll be understood. And, uh, and, and by the way, he also says an ANC member, ANC has pronounced, uh, by the way, on a uh, opposition stance of the media. It's on public record as it went for him to be saying his ANC member is PPF and then he says something completely to the opposite. I wonder if he's not one of the moles that get planted in these organizations. This is what happens, uh, which is quite Quite unfortunate. But why? Why would you go to that extreme? Uh, uh, why can't we simply agree that not everybody, even in that broad church, because this is exactly what makes it a broad church, yeah. that you <clears throat> will not agree on no, every no. single thing? No, 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 no. This is this is the issue uh, again. Democratic centralism. That 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 position assumes that not everyone's going to agree, and therefore, what what what, to, what where to go from there? And where to go from there is that once the organization has taken a position even if we did not agree with that position as a person even if we did not agree with it once organization has taken a position that is the organization position that binds you and if you do not want that resign from the organization simple as that you cannot 
go around disrespecting and you've, you've signed a constitution just like ANC members that go around saying wrong things about the ANC that is that disrespecting rule 5.1.3 of the ANC that says if you want to differ differ within the structures we've got a similar process with the PPF you differ within the structures as it were and if you don't like it if you don't like what PPF is doing if you don't like what ANC is doing it's a simple thing just resign you can't undermine an organization that you've signed its constitution to be bound by the rules of that organization. We've got rules in these organizations. If you don't want to be bound by the rules, it's very simple. Don't be part of organized structures. It's that simple. Well, Adrian, what's your response to the issues that were put to you? Yeah, just a few points, um, Sakina. Um, um, I think Bonani makes a very good point that um, it's high time that this matter of the so-called drug unit goes to the courts. And I think um, even the people involved in that will welcome that. Um, I think it's time for a court of law to, for a judge to hear all these matters and to make a pronouncement. Judge Curran is criticized um, for not hearing all the views of all the parties involved. I'm sure Judge Jakub is criticized by people like Charlie um, for his views. So let's put it before the courts. Um, secondly, I think, um, you know, just to briefly respond to Simon um, on, on, on some of the things he said, it's, it's simply not true that the media are not, respond, not reporting on so-called white corruption or things done by white-owned companies. It was the media who actually revealed the construction company Cortel. Um, it was journalists that we know that, that dug into that, that investigated that for months. Um, the media covered the, 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 the hearings into the collapse of the bridge weeks until end. We all send reporters there to sit there day after day and investigate and report on those matters. So it's simply not true. Um, I can give some, and I can continue to give a lot of examples of, um, of so-called white corruption. And I don't like to label these things according to race, but really there are examples of those kind of coverage. And then just certainly, I'm not going to respond to Pete Rompetti's uh, defamatory remarks in public. I responded to it on SASM in April of the first um, made this made this allegation. Um, yes, I did give money to a charity, not Johan von Lachenberg's charity, to a charity that buys school uh, that buys uh, uh, school shoes uh, for poor children in um, in southern Africa. Um, and I'm not his friend, so that is really the end of the matter. Um, I'm not going to, to to enter that public debate. Um, and then lastly, Sakina, I was invited onto the show for a column I wrote earlier this year, where it was an open letter to Tom Oyane where asked some very pertinent questions, and I'm still waiting for answers to that. Tom Oyani was the Commissioner of Correctional Services before he was moved to SART. In fact, he was, he was first put on pension by the then Minister of Correctional Services, Sabun Debele, before being moved to SART by President Zuma. And during his tenure at the Department of Correctional Services, a number of very serious corruption cases came before him, and I'm still not seeing what he has done about that. The first one being Bosasa a company that won over 2 billion rand worth of tenders inside the Department of Correctional Services for catering, for security, for fencing. Um, An investigation by the SIU then proved that uh, the former Commissioner Linda T was actually bribed by this company, that houses was bought, that cars were bought for the financial officer, um, rugby tickets, all kinds of things. What did Commissioner Muyani do about that? He extended the, the contracts of those companies. Another case is SI Fence and Gate a company that benefited of huge tenders in correctional services while he was there. Well, we've just had the chief procurement officer in Treasury finding that a tender was awarded irregularly to this company. What did Tom Uyani do about that? If he's so serious about corruption that he that he went to the Hawks about a pension paid out to Ivan Pillay by Praveen Gordon, why didn't he report these things to the, to the uh, law enforcement agencies? And it's these kind of inconsistencies, Sakina, that leads us to investigate and report on these matters. No. Things like the, state, the, the crimes against the state unit that's investigating Praveen Gordon for a pension paid. You know, we have to ask these questions why is this happening.
We this are is, out this, of time. One listener question. Given that both uh, uh, the Praveen Gordon and uh, uh, President Zuma seem to be tainted, why aren't you both asking for both of them to just resign? Uh, the, the, the important thing, here's 1.5 billion rand fine paid by Asilo Metal. Adrian has not chased to see why is it that Asilo Metal to pay 1.5 billion rand uh, to, as a fine for their corrupt activities. He's not chasing those means. He's just persecuting this African. Construction sector, no. 50 billion rand lost to the public fiscals. Adran okay. is not chasing those CEOs are still employed. He's just chasing this African it's a racist agenda. We are out of time, so we're going to have to leave it there because nobody's going to answer whether either of them should uh, step down or both. Uh, thank you so much, Mzwanele Manyi, and to Adrian Basson. And thanks to you for your participation. It's just after nine. Kumuzile Tabete up with the latest news.